Hello, and welcome to Malavision, the podcast that gives you the vision and the voice to be heard. Hello, everybody, and today I am joined by John and Jade Reynolds from TikTok. Um, you may have seen uh, John's videos um, about his sassy three-year-old um, Arely and his six-year-old Elijah. Um, if you don't know, um, Jade um, was sadly um, paralysed due to a spinal injury. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll let you guys tell me a bit about you, if possible. Before my third birthday, I suddenly became paralysed from something called acute transverse myelitis. So that's quite a big mouthful. But basically what it is, is it's an autoimmune condition that attacks your spinal cord, which results in paralysis. So yeah, I'm a paraplegic now. Um, and that was, well, 20 years ago, actually, yeah. in May just gone. Um, so I've been in a wheelchair for a very long time now. Um, and uh, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, and um, we met at London School of Theology, which is essentially like a Bible college, uh, a university where we both got a degree in theology and I was the year above Jade. Um, and we, yeah, that's where we met. We didn't start dating until I'd left. Yeah. Um, but then that's, yeah, that's how we met and that's uh, kind of how we got together a little bit. And I've been a youth pastor for about just over 10 years. We were at Bible college and I think I left in 2012. And um, I'd worked for three churches after that as either a youth and families worker or youth and kids worker, or usually just a youth worker. And then uh, just over a year ago, I just put up a funny video on TikTok about uh, Elijah um, and a story where he was frustrated that I couldn't read what he'd written. Um, and I was really struggling to read because he, he was only five at the time and all of his writing kind of all joined up. He didn't leave spaces and some of his letters were backwards and he was getting so cross that I couldn't read it. And Jade was in another room and he was reading it to me to kind of help me to read it. And he got so exasperated in the end that he just took it through to Jade in another room who had overheard him read the whole story to me. So then she could read it in inverted quotes perfectly. So he was so cross with me and he came back in and went, Daddy, mummy is a much better reader than you. You really do need to work on your reading. And I just shared that story on Instagram a little bit longer and um, shared it a, a bit more than that. But um, I just shared that on my Instagram story one day and I got about 10 or 15 friends because I wasn't doing content creation at that time. It's just my friends that followed me online. About 10 or 15 of them messaged and just said, that was really, that's really funny. And I was on TikTok, but I didn't really ever post anything. And I just thought, I'm going to put it on TikTok. And then I got about 50,000 uh, views on that post and probably about three or 4,000 maybe followers. And suddenly that was the platform I was followed on most. And I followed that up with a story about Jade and our first date at the cinema. And I hadn't researched the accessibility of the cinema. So yeah. obviously with Jade being a wheelchair user, I didn't realise it didn't have a lift there. And so I had to carry her up like about 40, 30 steps. Yeah, very um, steep like, yeah. steps as well. So it was a bit, I was a bit nervous. And it was a bit awkward, like first date, where I wanted to show her that I was strong or like, or that I wasn't really weak. But at the same time, I was like nervous about dropping her because that would be the worst first date ever. <laughs> and so I told that story on TikTok and that one went really viral and got about two million I think views wow. two or three million and then I think I probably had about 60 or 70,000 80,000 followers within the first couple of months it really went crazy 
And so I was like, oh, okay. And I was still working for the church, but I thought, I'm going to keep posting. And as it's gone on, um, for a number of reasons, like and some of that due to discovering I've got ADHD and it, working for myself being a bit simpler, I guess, than working as part of a team where my ADHD was causing me and the team a few issues, I decided to step back from ministry and just volunteer in the church and then just make videos full time. And do you find, um, Jade, that you can't do the things that you'd necessarily like to do um, because of your inner wheelchair? Mm. Yeah, sometimes. I'd say things are getting better, so places are becoming more accessible now. We've just been on a like a family adventure weekend away where I got to canoe and I got to um, rock climb and do loads of really fun things. Um, so it is getting better, but I, I am used to kind of, if it is a like a physical activity, I'm used to kind of sitting out of that and just mm. watching other people do it. And I just kind of sit on the sidelines. So it's nice that like I had the chance to do that. Um, but there's loads of places in the world where it's still not very accessible. And I'd say even I love traveling and I love going abroad, but going on aeroplanes, that's very like complicated and mm. There's always like worries that my wheelchair's going to get broken or, you know, or lost. So there's still like a lot of areas in life where it's very hard to be in a wheelchair. If you want to like travel and do new things, you have to plan ahead a lot. Mm. So I find that quite hard at times. I can't really be spontaneous. I have to plan ahead. You know, is it accessible? Is there like an accessible toilet and yeah. all of that kind of stuff? Do you find that at all, Malachi? How is how is accessibility for you? Um, I I think it it is hard. Um, like Jade said, you know, there's you know not a lot of braille stuff around, is there? Um, yeah. You know, you know, and you know, we're taught sign language in school, mm-hmm. but are we ever taught about things like, you know, uh, braille and stuff? Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sure you know Elijah is six. He's at the sort of age where, you know, he's, you know, um, you know, probably learning things like Macton. Um mm. but, you know, I'm I mean, I could be wrong, I don't know what school he goes to, but I'm sure he isn't learning things like Braille and mm. do you know what I mean? And I think you know, I feel like that should be a taught language. Um, And I think, you know, it's... And I think people are so patronising to people who are disabled as well. And I think think it's because children aren't taught that disability is normal. Uh, So as children get older, like 2019, they just think that being patronising is normal. You know, I saw... um, Jade's story about the wheelchair and the man with the chocolates or something. Yes, it's in Dubai. Yes. So so can you tell us a bit more about that story for anybody that hasn't seen you guys before? Yeah, it was such an unusual situation. So we were in Dubai, we were visiting John's auntie and uncle who lived up there at the time. And we were in this bar and in Dubai all the buildings were a little bit strange because it was a bar that was linked to a gym 
and we were there and I went up and said oh excuse me do you have an accessible toilet I can use and they said well we don't have one but the gym next door does so if you just go through that corridor there you'll be in the gym and you can just ask them so I said okay thank you so I went through to the gym and there was a reception desk and I just said oh excuse me um do you have an accessible toilet I can use and it was really unusual because the man that I was asking got really flustered. It was like he hadn't been asked before, you know, mm. you know, whether the accessible toilet could be used. So he just started calling someone rather than tell me where the toilet was. He said, oh, hold on, hold on, I must call. We'll call her Fatima. But it was like, we'll call, I need to call Fatima. So I'm thinking, well, who's Fatima? Why is he calling someone? So he starts calling someone going, you need to get here straight away. And I'm looking at John thinking, what's going on? And I just said, oh, it's okay. I just need you to show me where it is. And he went, no, you must wait because we've got assistance coming to you. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I don't need assistance. I can use the toilet on my own. I just need to know where it is. And he was like, no, 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 you mustn't do that. He said, I'll show you where it is, but you mustn't go in before Fatima gets here. So we looked at each other, didn't we? And we were yeah. like, oh, okay. So he showed us where the accessible toilet was. And we were waiting. And I thought, why am I waiting for this woman? I, I can just go in. This is ridiculous. So I went into the toilet and he started shouting at me, going, mm. no, no, wait, wait for Fatima. Please, lady, come back out. And I'm thinking, no, I'm just going to the toilet. This is getting ridiculous. <laughs> so I go into these toilets and it's like a normal kind of multiple cubicles, but there's a larger cubicle where I could get in in my wheelchair. So I'm going to the toilet now and then I hear the door open and I just see these, because, you know, you can, in, in cubicles, often the doors don't come down to the floor. There's a yeah. gap. Yes. You can often yeah. see people's feet and things. Well, I could see this pair of feet literally stand so close to the stall door that it, his feet were basically coming under the door. Mm. But she wasn't saying anything to me. So I was, like, trying to go to the toilet with an audience, which yeah. was, like, really, like, off-cutting. So I managed to go to the loo and I come out and she's staring at me and I don't know whether she was there to help me or what, but I didn't need the help. So I'm there washing my hands and she's just staring at me like really intensely. And so I don't know what to do because she hasn't introduced herself. Um, anyway, so I wash my hands and I come out of the bathroom where I find the man who was on reception at the time, he, had, he was on his knees and he had a multi-pack of Twixers in his hands. And he held them out to me, like, like, yeah, just right in front of me. And he just said, Madame, this is for you for going to the toilet. And I was just a bit taken aback, like, oh, like, I'm, you know, I, the last time I got rewarded for going to the toilet was when I was being potty trained, <laughs> like, probably, when I was, like, two. So I was like, oh, um, thank you. So I touched them. And then he was just like, yes. When we got back, everyone else that we were at the pub with was like, oh, can I borrow your wheelchair? Because I fancy some chocolate. Yeah, I was like, where did you get those from? I was like, well, if you're in a wheelchair, you get them if you go to the toilet. And they're like, oh, I wish we got those. <laughs> yeah, really bizarre. But it's like, but it's like, what, what has our society got to? You know, mm. what, why? Do you know, I mean, I think you are a great example of you know you are always showing your children and you know Arali and Elijah you know how to act and that disabilities you know are not disabilities they're just you know different abilities um mm. and I think 
in a way, um, it, you know, it's like um, you received a few comments, uh, well, I think it was a couple of months ago, saying that Elijah shouldn't be helping Jade. Mm. I think she, she'd had a bit of an accident with her foot. Um, right. And Elijah was, um, I believe he was cleaning her foot. Um, yeah. And there were a few comments that were saying, that, oh, you know, I wouldn't be getting my child to do that. Yeah. But at the same time, you were like, well, yeah, we understand that. But we want to show Elijah and Avalie that it's not, you know, it's good to help people. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you must find it hard to find that balance of, should I get my child help with this? Or is this my job to sort this one out? Yeah, that's, that's a great point, Malachi. I think... <clears throat> I think for me, we're in that position of you don't want them to have to grow up too early, yet at the same time, I think like teaching responsibility and loving other people and practically serving other people are things that, firstly, I think they're a big part of our faith. Um, I think like Jesus like, talks about serving people and doing that practically and loving people, um, even, even when it's difficult to do it or you have to make a sacrifice to do it or you'd rather not do it maybe. But I think also like, I think it is just life. Like our kids might have to do different things to other children, but I think most families raise their children to help out around the house. Maybe not when they're very little, but certainly like we we have to wrestle with ours a little bit at the moment because Elijah will just take his clothes off and he, when he gets ready for bed and he'll just leave them wherever he's taking them off. And we're like, go and put them in the wash if they're dirty. And look, we're trying to teach him to fold them up if they're clean. Uh, but I think that's normal for all six-year-olds, really. And so, and I think as well, like, so with the the, uh, the situation you brought up, Malachi, when he was kind of, um, well, I, I cut my foot and he was cleaning it. That happened really organically. Like, yeah. I I would never ask them, oh, clean my foot. But that wasn't what happened. It was, I I cut, I caught my foot on the door and I hadn't realised. And so it began to bleed a bit. And Elijah spotted that straight away and went, oh, mummy, you've cut your foot let me go get go and get a tissue for you and I'll just stab it. So that was just him mm. being really lovely and just going, no, don't worry, I'll do that. And so with that, I don't mind because I'm thinking, actually, that's really nice to see that in his character Definitely. that he wants to help. You might ask him to grab tissue, but you would never ask him if, if you were already in your chair and it was bleeding a bit, but then you'd do it yourself. Yeah. And things, but like, yeah, I think it's strange when people look in because the reality of that situation exactly as Gabe says was he, he opted to do that because he's being sweet and empathetic and compassionate and no, I don't think any parent wants to discourage that in their children. No. So it's, we, were, we were really proud of him and that's one of the reasons I filmed it. I was like, oh, bless him because it's one of the first times he kind of taken that initiative. It's probably just over a year ago maybe and I think like... Yeah. It was just, yeah, just very sweet and like kind of most people loved it. Most people were like, oh, what a lovely little boy. Um, but you would get a few people who maybe don't understand or. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people out there who they don't really uh, understand a lot about different disabilities. And I think they either think that you are no different from anybody else and they don't realise actually how much harder your life is, or they swing the other way and they think, that like you can't do anything for yourself yeah and it's like they don't realize that it's somewhere in between it's like yes there are things that are harder for people with disabilities and we do need extra help with certain things but also we are very capable we're very used to our disabilities mm. and we 
worked up we worked out how to get around things and to be creative and to get by and so I think often it's people don't know what they think about disability and they yeah. don't understand how it affects daily life yeah definitely do do you find um that um it's quite hard to going back to the topic we spoke earlier I'm really fascinated about you know with you being in a wheelchair do you find it hard to do things like changing um nappies or you know if say one of the children have had an accident do you find that hard to obviously clean them up because obviously a wheelchair is, you know, only, can only, you know, I don't know if you've got an electrical manual, but, you know, they don't, you know, they're not super, you know, easy to move up and down and tilt. Mm. So do you find it hard to sort of do the caring mummy aspect for your children? Yeah, that's a brilliant question, Malachi. And I would say when they were babies and toddlers, there were there were aspects that I did find difficult. Mm. For example, you mentioned changing nappies. Like I could do it, but it was a lot harder for me because I don't have very good balance either. I would have to try and lean over. I'd often change their nappy, put them on the sofa, and I would have to change their nappy almost with one hand because I could only reach over with one you'd hand. You basically pull up. You pull up to the side of the sofa. Yeah. And do it sideways, almost with just leaning over with one arm, which is obviously Harder. Which was a lot more difficult, particularly if they had, you know, what as parents call tsunamis, which is <laughs> where the poo is just coming everywhere. So definitely, like that was harder, and it was harder when they would crawl along the floor because I'm in the wheelchair. It would be really difficult for me to pick them up off the floor when they were, you know, crawling around and things. So I could do it, but it was a lot harder. And even things like when they're unwell, when they've been sick there's been times where they've thrown up on the floor and they've almost trapped me in the room with them because they've thrown up on the floor and I can't actually get out of the room without wheeling through their sick. <laughs> so there are definitely like issues like that which are hard and that's when it's great that John's around because I can be like, John, I need your mm. help. Um, and if he wasn't there, I would just have to wheel through the sick and then clean up, <laughs> yeah. clean up myself afterwards. But I'd say as they're getting older, it's getting easier yeah. because now they can dress themselves like and all that kind of thing. So the things that I would find more difficult, they can do. And I find the actual, the parenting side of things in regards to like being there for them, loving them, giving them advice, like all that kind of thing is actually, it doesn't affect that at all. Yeah. So I find as they're getting older, it's getting easier. Mm. Um, and in fact, they end up just naturally helping me a bit more where they'll go, oh, no, my nose is just on the floor and I picked it up for you. Oh, great, thank yeah. you. I didn't even know that had happened. So I feel like it's uh, very hard when you have a baby in a mm. toddler. That that was the hardest kind of time, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, do you find it hard, John, when you're taking on... Um, a lot of you know responsibility for example jade might not be able to clean up sick so jade goes john can you clean up sick or somebody might have yeah. had a punami and then she's like oh john can you <laughs> clean up this punami <laughs> yeah. i think on the one hand it's nice because i think <clears throat> one of the things that i've seen on social media in general is that there's a lot of women 
out there who are frustrated that their husbands and partners maybe don't do as much around the house as they do, even though maybe they both work, or even though um, even though they work, maybe the dad works and the mum doesn't. When the dad comes home, they still don't really contribute too much. And I think that's a, probably a little bit old-fashioned and not so much the case these days, but I think it's, it still can be. So I think one of the nice things is, like, I there's definitely jobs that I'd rather not do. Like, every parent would rather not. I'd love there to be someone, our kids are out of nappies now, thankfully, but I'd have loved there to have been, like, a poo fairy who just dealt with all of Elijah and Ali's nappings and a bin fairy who took the bin out and all those kind of things. But I'd say like a lot of that stuff, I genuinely think, I think being married to Jade makes has made me a more thoughtful person full stop because I think you're, you recognise that whilst she's pretty independent, as she's already said, there are some things that are either not possible for her to do or very difficult for her to do. It just makes sense. I can do them maybe in half the time or whatever. And so I think it's it's good for me to stop me being like, I don't know, a lazy, selfish bloke and to, I guess, try to, I guess, be more thoughtful and kind and considerate, maybe. Yeah, definitely. And do you ever find that you're, you know, um, stuck in like, uh, like a vicious circle, um, Jade, when... Do you ever feel like you're sort of feeling a bit down or under the weather more than good days? Maybe there might be like um like something that's going on like for a weekend and you know, there might be a birthday party with Elijah and or Arali and you know, typically the parents go, Right, yeah, let's get on this roller coaster, let's go. But I guess mm. I mean some theme parks are quite accommodating and like, yeah, sure, you know, get on. But some theme parks are very much like, oh, no, no, don't, you know, e- you know, even if, you know, we wheel the wheelchair off once you get on, no, we're not doing that. Do you ever yeah. find that quite upsetting, having to watch from the sideline? I think, I think that there'll probably be more circumstances like that as the kids get older where I will feel there'll be moments where I know I'll feel a bit like oh left out or Mm. feel a bit like disappointed that I can't be involved in a way that I would like to but I think because I have been in a wheelchair for so long now I think most of the time that stuff doesn't bother me because I'm kind of I'm used to kind of I have the, the, my expectations are low maybe maybe that's what it is but I know kind of what I can and can't do but I also think that I also will fight for things if I feel like I should be able to do them mm. so we went on a cruise um in May and the most of the cruise was really accessible it, we had a great mm. time um but there was one destination and it was Cannes where they said initially or if you're in a wheelchair, um, because we can't dock, we have you have to get a tender boat to the bay. You know, if you're in a wheelchair, sorry, but you're going to have to stay on the ship. Like it's too dangerous, really, to try and get you onto these tender boats. And I was felt really put out by that. And I was like, well, I should have the same opportunities as everyone else. Like, mm. if I've paid the same amount of money as everyone else, then I should be able to do and have the same opportunities as everyone else. So we 
went down to the information desk and we I said, Can my husband carry me? He's happy to carry me on mm. and we accept that responsibility. Um, you know, because I really would like to do this because it's not fair. And they were great. To be fair, they listened. Not you don't always get people listening to you, but they listened mm. and within about ten minutes they had real they, well, they found a solution that I was able to get on the tender boat and it was more complicated on their end to do it, but they do it for us. Mm. And so for me as I've gotten older, I I'm more confident in actually fighting back a little bit or pushing yeah. back when I feel like, well, hang on, you need to start to think more about people with mm. disabilities. So I'd say when I was younger, I would have like suffered in silence more, probably would have sulked and probably just not said anything and accepted it. Whereas mm. as I've gotten older, I thought, well, no, like I mm. should be able to do that. And so, yeah, with the kids, we'll see. Like, I know that there will be times where I will feel, you know, a bit put out or feel a bit like, oh, I wish I could do that with them. Mm. But I'd say on the most part, I'll try and always look for solutions. Yeah. Do you find it um, hard um, in the um, community when you're out and about, you know, with your children, you know, if, you know, um, I mean, I don't know if you ever um, did this um, or used a buggy, but how would, how would that work for, yeah. um, for you, Jade? Yeah, no, that's, yeah, again, Malachi, a really great, great question. And do you know what? They don't make buggies so that, people in wheelchairs can push them we never found we never we never found one, anyway. never, never found one. <clears throat> so that was really difficult because i couldn't just take them out i couldn't just take them out on my own them in the buggy me pushing them that was never an option i always had to have john or a friend or family member with me to help um and i used to find that quite stressful and i remember even like um going out a few times with friends and maybe the baby needed their nappy changed and the, all the nappy changing facilities were too high for me so like they're, mm. they're made for people who can stand up to change a baby's nappy and I in, in the end had to just change his nappy on my lap and I, I, I managed to do it but it was like realizing that actually the world they haven't really thought about parents with disabilities no uh, I think sometimes like it's great when I've been in um accessible toilets where they have got like facilities where they've thought about you know there's there's like hoists and there's things like that which is great for you know I think I think they're thinking of maybe if you've got a child with you've got who's got a severe disability mm. they have thought of that but they never think of what if you're a parent and you actually no. you just everything to be slightly different for you so yeah. I, I find that very hard but having a baby I think the whole realm of people with disabilities having children there's a whole market there that is that hasn't been tapped into mm. um, and there's a whole need there of parents who need adaptive things for to, to look after their children and there just isn't that much out there well we just never found no. anything did we so that it's either not at, it's either not out there or you just don't really always know where to look yeah um, no. but you can if, if your google search doesn't show results or like the specific things you type in aren't what they're called it can be yeah just really hard i think to find those those things and we made it work with like support from friends and family as yeah. well as like me having quite a flexible job and things but i think yeah it must have been frustrating and i think even now i've got so i've got a manual wheelchair but i've also got um 
it's called an all-terrain wheelchair by a company called Trackinetic. And that's been amazing for me mm. because it can go in all sorts of terrains, mud, gravel, uneven like surfaces. Um, it's motorised. And that's great for me because I can have, like, Ali can sit on my lap if she's tired, but I can still, you know, don't need anyone to push me. You're not tired I'm pushing not, her. I'm not tired trying to push myself up here on my lap. Mm. I can even, I said to John the other day, like, it was so nice. I was out with the family and he didn't have to worry about pushing me. It was, you know, it's quite a big hill we were going up and I even had a cup of coffee. Yeah. I could drink whilst I was, like, going along, which for someone in a wheelchair... We very rarely have that luxury of being able to yeah. actually enjoy walks and enjoy mm. being out in nature and taking it all in because we're stressed about oh no there's steps there or no there's a you know a, a crack or a little or like, I'm just tired from wheeling myself or I'm exhausted from wheeling myself so yeah I think that's been a big game changer for me having um, an altering wheelchair as mm. well for when we do do more outdoor stuff yeah and I wonder why. Um... You know, they don't do accessible time. That's really, you know, for um for parents who change, you know, nappies and things, which is really, really awful. But like they do do um in shops. Um you mentioned about, you know, they don't do accessible buggies. I was really shocked about that because they do um accessible trolleys, don't they, where you can attach the trolley to the wheelchair. Yeah. So yeah. why they, they must be out there. Yeah, but we, I think we, we just never, we, we never saw anything like that when we were looking. No. Um, no, and also, you don't want one that's only that, you want one that could be both. Otherwise, you've got to buy two buggies one for when I'm pushing and one for when Jade exactly. So I, I am surprised there's not more things like that. Um, yeah, and is that something that you both try to advocate on, or is it something you're just like? well, you know, it's a part of society, it would be good, but, you know. I think what's so hard is because it's so niche and mm. there's not, like, a lot of people, like, because we're a minority group, there's not a lot of people who need them to, if you compare it to the overall population. Exactly. And so you find things that get that funding and things that, you know, everything season doesn't exist yet, where they haven't designed anything, or if they have, it's extortion yeah and the cost of it is just beyond what you can afford it'll be like a company in norway who have managed to get like a, a buggy that can go alongside the wheelchair or something um and things because i'm literally just having a look at some now actually i just thought what yeah. you were saying about it and there, there, there's a few designs out there some of them are like a little bike that you fit on the front but that wouldn't be good for a newborn um so there seems to be options but a lot of them a lot of them look pretty tough to navigate and as i say not good for if you are not in a wheelchair then you'd have to have that as well as another push chair yeah yeah because because you know you know i've just thought what they could do is that with an electric wheelchair i mean i don't know how practical this would be but put like a little baby seat on the side yeah yeah but it's like but it's like they don't you know these companies they think so far but because they're always charities that are making these mm. or you know non-profits they, they don't have the funds do they no no, no they don't 
And do you think that that's a big issue with funding, um, being disabled? You know, because everything, everything nowadays is funding or, you know, that costs too much. Yeah, I think it is very hard. If you've got a disability and you don't have a lot of money, I think it is very mm. hard because, like I said, because these things aren't mass produced in the same way as other things, they, they cost a lot more. And so you end up just making do with what you yeah. can because, yeah. you know, if I was wealthy, I just have, I could afford to have three different push chairs. Yeah. You know, but I'd have multiple the, by the time you, By the time you saved up for one, they're too big to need one anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so it's hard. But, you know, people don't realise, you know, we have the cost of living crisis, but I don't think people realise the extra costs that are on yeah. the disabled as well. You know, if you've got to charge something, mm. you know, with the cost of electric and stuff, like, you know, if you're using you know, my wheelchair has to charge the batteries and things, that's going to be, a you know, a big use of power for that. Mm. And, you know, and people have incubators yeah. and breathing apparatus and all those kind of things. So people that realise all of the extra costs of even just the basic day-to-day things yeah. that disabled people have to pay for. Mm. Yeah, and that leads on to a great question about the cost of living crisis. John, mm. you mentioned that you obviously... Um, don't work and you work um you do social media um and um i believe jade you don't work either do you no no so do you find that it's quite um and you know you don't have to answer this but do you ever find that it there comes a point where it's like oh you know we're not getting a lot of views or likes this week so you know, it's going to be a little bit more tight this week. Or, oh, actually, mm. we went live tonight and we got loads of gifts. You know, we got loads of, you know, like lions and loads of, you know, hand yeah. hearts. <laughs> Do you know what mm. I mean? Uh, you yeah, know, because yeah. I guess it really differs on, you know, because it really depends on how much interaction you get. Yeah, definitely. So I think every now and then we get a few gifts online from, um, uh, on, the lives especially when our release on there but it normally i think the most we've ever got is about 12 or 13 dollars or so we never ask there are people who really they don't even do many videos on tiktok but they're making a fortune through the lives because they're telling they're saying to people they're encouraging people to send them gifts etc I, I think i just feel a little bit uncomfortable doing that because it's a little bit like begging and it's not judging people necessarily who do it if they do it if they're giving something back or i guess people are happy to give to them but I just was still a bit awkward about that. And so, yeah, definitely. I think if used, we, we get paid a little bit sometimes through Facebook because um, you, once your videos are monetized on Facebook, some on the longer videos, they'll embed a short advert into them, a bit like on YouTube. And so you can make a little bit through that, and, but that is view dependent. If we've got a load of views, we might make more, but if you don't get very many views, you're not gonna make very much. Um, but equally, and you get brand deals through TikTok. So then we've, we've worked with like Robinson's, Squash, um, or Amazon, and a few things like that, as well as like smaller companies. And sometimes they'll say, hey, if you do a video, if you do a TikTok for us, um, and things, then we'll give you X amount of money for that. So it, it definitely can be, you can have really good months where you're like, oh my gosh, they just gave us a silly amount of money for like a couple of hours of filming. But you might only get one that month. And so whilst it might be a nice amount, it's still not enough. It's like a monthly income. 
um, and other months you might get three or four and you're like okay that's enough to tide us over for a couple of months maybe yeah so yeah I think it, it definitely varies um yeah, you have to definitely you don't just have like when you're employed you just have your known income that is coming in every mm. month that's exactly the same whereas when you're self-employed it's trying to find loads of different avenues where you can make money from so at the moment we're writing a book actually and it's going to be out next year and it's called able to laugh and it's basically my story about how i became disabled and then kind of meeting john and our story now is like an integrated mm. couple and family and it's, you know it's gonna have lots of funny stories in it but it's also gonna be you know kind of take people on the journey of like you know things you've had to face um but that for us is a potential where we're going to get money but mm. it's not the money's not here right now it's and it's also not guaranteed you know yeah I mean? we we could sell a hundred thousand books or we could sell a hundred books yeah. we have no idea and obviously you so i think there's a lot of things like that i think it's that unknown with with anything creative so if you're an author or a filmmaker or an artist or anything like that that like if, if you manage to do very very well you could be incredibly well off but if you struggle for whatever reason whether that's the early days or you never quite make it whatever no. um obviously there can there can be no money in things at all um and so yeah it, it, we've really enjoyed it and we feel really blessed to uh, to have the opportunity really because not something we I, I did a bit of stand up when i was younger but in terms of anything else like i just and i made a few videos for church sometimes that were like funny kids work videos with a teaching point in them but there was never really like some big desire or ambition to do social media or content creation or anything. We just kind of fell into it, found ourselves with a bit of an audience and did our best to ride the wave, really. <laughs> did you sit down with, you know, you and Jane and go, right, we're going to try TikTok? Or did you sort of place a video one day and then in a couple of months you went, you know, I could go into this full time. It's much better for, you know, me mentally and emotionally. Or did you actually think, no, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to just trust that this is the right thing to do? Yeah, brilliant question. And um, so I think like we, we did have a chat about it. I think we thought a few people as it grew, when it grew overnight in the first couple of months, I was already getting questions. Do you do this full time or do you have a job? And I was like, never, never thought about it full time at all, um, especially in the early days and things. And I think I was aware there were YouTubers, and but I don't think I even knew really there were TikTokers that were full-time. Um, and then we had a brand, we had Vimto, the squash company, reach out to us. Um, and then I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you can actually make some money from this. And some, and I guess the more followers you have, the bigger the fees they'll give you. And um, I think it was kind of a whole amalgamation of things. I think it was suddenly views started picking up again as well as my mental health is really struggling because with ADHD you can get overstimulated and there's this thing called ADHD burnout. And in the 18 months I was working for the church, I ended up signed off from work, I think three times, sometimes just for a week or a few days, but in January for even longer, um, I basically hit Christmas and I just completely like shut down really, I would say, and really struggled. Um, and so I think once I realized that that's why, and it was the ADHD and, juggling so much of life with hands-on at home with the family but also ministry uh, church full-time church ministry being very demanding as well as working for a church plant which for those who don't know is a brand new church that's trying to get off the ground which 
if you start a new church or a new business or you move into a new home or you start a yeah. new family, whenever anything's new, it takes that extra Find effort it. to get it going and can be incredibly demanding. Um, but at the same time, we've seen enough, like... It's promising enough definitely. to know that it is a viable career yeah, option. Definitely. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think that's kind of where we're at with it. It, was, it wasn't a snapshot decision, but at the same time, it was a kind of... It was a little bit of both most of what you're talking about it seems very viable i don't think it was unwise yet at the same time we probably took that jump a little bit earlier than we would have done because of circumstances do you find that um god has really helped you during your difficult times yeah definitely so i've been raised in a christian family and i would say that from about the age of, well, I chose to be baptised when I was 11. So I'd say from the age of 11, I had my own faith in God. It wasn't just my parents' faith. Um, and then when I became paralysed, uh, just before I turned 13, I remember a lot of people saying to me, you know, why do you think God would let this happen to you? Um, and I just remember saying to them, well, why not me? You know, why should it happen to other people and not to me? You know, I live in a world where people do get sick and, you know, bad things happen, so why why shouldn't they happen to me as well? And I think, you know, that perspective has been a really good perspective for me because in my faith, God's never promised me that I won't go through hard things. Like when I read the Bible, it's just full of people who are, you know, facing really difficult situations, but God is with them and that there's a purpose in their pain and in their suffering. And I know for me, it's definitely as hard at times being disabled and being a wheelchair user but I know that God is with me in that and that gives me a lot of um, reassurance and a lot of confidence and I know that regardless of whether I have walking legs or not God Mm -hmm. still has a plan for my life and he's still gonna use me and he's still gonna you know I'm still gonna have good things happen to me in my life as well so it gives me a hope as well that you know bad things happen in life but that doesn't mean that there can't be good days ahead as well. So my faith has helped me yeah, so much, you know, during the past 20 years of my paralysis. Yeah, definitely. And um, as as we come to an end, um, I was just wondering um, if you would finish us off in a prayer, if that's okay. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, thanks, Martha. Yeah, I'd love to uh, finish with a prayer. Dear Lord, I just, I just thank you for the opportunities you give us to connect with people that we've never met before. And I just thank you for this podcast. I thank you for Malachi. Um, I thank you for all the amazing work he's doing. Um, And I just pray, Lord, uh, that you'll bless him. I pray, Lord, that this podcast will really help people um, understand people from different situations um, and that it can spread awareness. and I just, yeah, I just pray, Lord, that, um, yeah, that today that this is really helping someone. Um, and we just pray, Lord, that, um, yeah, you continue to open doors for Malachi um, and that he can use his gifting. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, it has been a pleasure, an absolute oh, pleasure. We've loved it. We've absolutely loved it, Malachi. We'll definitely be happy to come on again if you, if you ever wanted us. Yeah, definitely. Thank you ever so much. And um, everybody, if you would like to find out more about John and Jade's story and follow them, Jade, where can they find you? They can find us under the tag of John E.J. Reynolds. That's 
that is across all platforms. So TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. If you just type in the handle Johnny J Reynolds, you will find us. So, so nice talking to you and um, really looking forward to let us know when it's out and we'll promote it across all our social media and things because absolutely loving what you're doing and um yeah just think you're brilliant so thank you amazing thank you so much and i look forward to seeing you next week everybody 